This city has embraced me in ways that I would have never imagined. Um, I get to do things. Imagine, I go to City Hall with my skates on. I'll skate backwards down the stairs while people are getting married, you know, and the cops aren't coming to get me. That was David Miles Jr., the godfather of skate in SF. I'm Jeff, and this is Storied San Francisco. In this podcast, David picks up where he left off in part one. He shares the story of Skate Patrol and the founding of the Church of Eight Wheels, which started in Golden Gate Park around 1979 and didn't have a permanent physical location until eight years ago. David says there would be no Church of Eight Wheels today without Burning Man. He tells stories from his 20-odd trips to the summer event in the Nevada desert. And we end David's episode with his thoughts on what it means to still be here in San Francisco. Here's David. Uh, it's the Skate Patrol is the reason why you can skate in the park today, because they were going to ban roller skating. And um, I'll never forget this. I'm sitting here. O.J. Simpson was advertising roller skates back then. Yep. Uh, they got a big picture of him and his little collar, his little afro looking all cool. And um, I got some of those skates, those blue and yellow disco skates. And um, I'm sitting here changing the wheels on them because they're really hard wheels, hard plastics, no good. And the C- Kryptonic C60s were the greatest. My friend gave them to me. I'm changing the wheels. And um, this person with a clipboard walks up to me. Uh, this was in June, 79. And he goes, hey, would you like to be a volunteer on the roller patrol? And I'm like, roller patrol? I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't know any, I didn't know all that then. And so my friends that we used to come to the band show every day, I'm like, hey, man. Uh, well, somebody asked me, you want to be in the skate patrol? My friend Carlos, who, he just turned 70, he skates to, to this day. I say, uh, I don't know, are you going to be on it? And he goes, yeah. Uh, if we get on the skate patrol, we can be in the no skating areas when our main area would be a no skating area. But if we join the skate patrol, we can still meet there every day and do whatever we want. I'm like, okay, yeah, sure, I'll do it. And um, we, it was like uh, they had us, then they had two vendors from every truck bring volunteers. So it was like 60 people. And since I had military background, um, I put everybody in squads. You had four leaders, okay, four, four areas to patrol. Uh, you have four squad leaders that patrol those people. And we rotate around every week so that we're not all stuck in the same spot. And... Um, we all got, well, there was some controversy because they had another guy that was leading this thing, and we, he was trying to make money off of us. And uh, there was this drunken meeting at this uh, bar. Oh, all the skaters got together. Never have a meeting at a bar. That's just yeah. a bad idea. <laughs> and so they get all lit up, and they start saying, I don't like that guy, Dave. He, he messed up. We need D. He's good. He, he knows how to do it. I didn't even know the names of the streets around here. Nothing. <laughs> I was like, no, no, no. You don't want me. And so they convinced me to do it with this other guy, Bobby. And so they kicked out the other guy, Dave. And uh, they made me the leader. And so, like I said, I got a military background. So I made team captains. They had captain's bars that and all that. We always considered... Uh, Church of Eight Wheels uh, 6th Avenue uh, skating area. Ah. Um, we started skating in 79. Okay. And so a lot of people feel that 
this Church of Eight Wheels being a real movement amongst roller skaters started in 79. That's why it's uh, 79 to forever. Who came up with the name? <coughs> uh, oh, his name is John Childers. Okay. Uh, John Childers is a skater from... Uh, you know what? I don't know where he's from. <laughs> That's okay. But he lives in Texas now. And okay. He's got a kid and a uh, great guy. Uh, just like he... Just like I discovered skating, he discovered it. And uh, we was calling the six avenues he is the first person that said uh church of eight wheels as, as our skate area in the park and um i you know i had a thing with mtv where they wanted to have somebody skate down the steep hills in san francisco and break a world's record and so um i took all these i know all the great skaters the speed skaters i've uh all that i've skated from here to la with them and stuff like that and um i put them in a, a vehicle and showed them the hill and I'm on the phone with the producers from MTV. And I'm like, okay, because I mean, I, this was, you know what's a coincidence about that? It was on that same exact street that my aunt, my in-law aunt lived on, Bodoing. Wow. Uh, my first steep hill I ever saw in San Francisco or walked on with steps on it, you know, yeah, like, yeah. wait. Dang. And so they say, hey, you need to find a Steve Hill, man, David. Um, where do you think they can do this at? I'm like, I know one. <laughs> <laughs> and so I take them to the hill, and I uh, was these three, four guys, uh, Sandy Snakenberg, who, uh, as a matter of fact, he holds the record for the longest uh, skate race, 138 miles, Fresno to Bakersfield. Jeez. And then Dan Berger, who's been on at least three of these L.A. skates with me, and uh, he's won uh, all these different races that I put on. And then there's John Childers, dude I met in the park. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and so um, I'm on the phone with him, and I'm saying, "Hey, which one of you guys want to do this?" And then uh, one guy says, "Oh man, you know what? Those compressions when you hit those things like that is gonna be bad." And another guy, goes, "Oh no, no, man, this is gonna be bad." And then John says, "I'll do it." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "Okay, uh, we have our our skater." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but that was on that very day, that very street, Bodoin. That was the street that I very very first day in San Francisco uh, found. Anyway, I, I kind of lost my train of thought. No, no problem. That was, uh, there are so many wonderful things in skating. Yeah. But Meet and Rose, uh, that was the greatest. Uh, we got married in 84. Okay. And um, Kentucky Fried Chicken, I don't know if you <laughs> want to mention companies, but we were the only interracial managers in the entire West Coast wow. company. And they're owned by Mormons. So uh, you want to go up a hill, you try to climb that one. Yeah. Uh, which which uh, KFC did y'all work at? And this, uh, it was called Kentucky Fried Chicken back in the day, well, right? Well, uh, we, they also owned H.L. Fish and Chip. So um, we managed the one that was on uh, Polk Street by California for a while. Uh, we managed the one on Guerrero mm -hmm. and still there. Yeah. DuBose. Webster over here. Um, that was a fish and chip store, but that was our main thing. You have to work in these bad stores first before you get a good store. Right. At least they tell you that. Right, right. And so, man, I, 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 I tried. I really, really tried. I gave up everything. I was going to give up skating. 
because uh, <gasps> I want to take care of the family. I want to do all that. Yeah. And I would sneak off uh, during the lunch, during the, the low times and go skating in the park. Yeah. I'd be having my uniform on. Yeah. And um, one day, there was a there was something going on with this company, and I told Rose she was working there as a, a 16 year old. Uh, and you know she had a relationship with uh, the district managers and all the stuff that they you know it seemed like that they were her friends mm -hmm. and um, I they started getting rid of these managers anybody that wasn't a Mormon basically uh, yeah. and I told her I said Rose they're coming to us mm -hmm. no way no way they would never do me like that I said Rose listen they took this one guy who was like the second largest stockholder in the company they came into a store one day and says, hey, um, you're an alcoholic. You can't work here anymore. You can't take any records home. You need to leave now. He worked there all his life, Dang. you know. And then there was another black manager in the uh, Pinole area. They came to him about a week later and says, you've been stealing money and we can prove it. They got you. I said, Rose, look, they're coming to us next. Purging, yeah. She says, no way, no way. I said, I tell you what, let's take our records home today. Yeah. You know, now we can prove everything, you know. That very next day, they came by. Dang. They don't know why I was laughing. <laughs> <laughs> they thought I was being smart aleck. And I'm telling you, we work so hard. You know, they have all these things to incentives for you to work hard. Uh, they have this mystery shopper guy comes by, checks your food temperature probes, all of that. Your service is it good. The place is it clean. Uh, what, 13, 14 times in a row, we got perfect score. That's that's the measurement to see if you can do bigger store. Your food cost, your labor cost, especially your labor cost. You get that low because you work, not them. You work hard. You don't have to pay them. You want a, a, another scale of pay. You know, so you do that so you can have that, you know, 10% uh, labor cost instead of, you know, more. You, the food, you, you basically cheat your customers so that you don't give them as much food, but you charge them the same because your, your food costs down, your profit up. We did all that. And they, I'm like, Shh. so I told her, look, it won't be the greatest living, okay? Uh, you know, you ain't going to be buying new cars and all that, but I think I can make it on this roller skating thing, you know? And she says, look, whatever you do, whatever you got to do, I got you. Whatever you need, you go out there. As long as the lights are on, you know, bills are paid, you just go out there. I started doing skate lessons in the park. Okay. When I, was that? That was... After 84, right? 88. Okay. 89. Uh, the, uh, I started doing skate lessons in the park. Just, you know, didn't have the internet, really. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the... I, I was doing like 60. I know what they had then. They had the learning annex. Oh, yeah. Uh, I had a class learning annex. Uh, but, but they rip you off. But they promote you. So you can get private lessons after that. And I was doing like 60 people a week. And it was great. And um, then. So you, so you kept the lights on? Yeah. Nice. Uh, we, we, we were chugging along, having kids. I was going to say, y'all had some. How many kids? Three. Okay. Uh, but the first one, Melanie, that was really hard. Uh, the first one's always hard. The first kid's always hard. The second kid, uh, it's it easy. 
But the third kid, oh, I pity the third kid. Yeah. <laughs> now you just throw them anywhere. Oh, yeah, yeah. they'll be fine. <laughs> I'm a third kid. We're, we're well adjusted typically because yeah. of that. <laughs> yeah, as his hand starts trembling. <laughs> but, um, you know, the kids are great. My kids are all champion skaters, even little kids. Uh, my, um, I think uh, my daughter Melanie was five when she was on the news. Awesome. And they, uh, she was doing a skate thing on Channel 7, I believe it is. And they asked her, how long have you been skating? She says, I think about 12 years. Because she would hear me say that. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And, uh, and then as they even grew older, uh, uh, um, there was the Red Bull Great Skate. I've been doing skating events. I would do the uh, the races. I would do 100 meter, 300 meter, 500 meter races. I wanted skating to be in the Olympics, and then I could, mm-hmm. you know, generate Olympic level skaters and mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff. I had those big, big dreams. And so Red Bull, uh, they came up in '98 with a national skate competition, and this is now. We would have went from roller skates being the greatest thing in the world to nothing. Mm-hmm. I'm saying it's like the disco. They ran tractor mm. tractors over the records yeah, at the yeah, baseball yeah, game. Yeah. Uh, roller skating went down. And then roller blades came out mm-hmm. in the in 88. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the roller blades first came out, I was like, nobody wants these. Yeah. What are you thinking? Yeah. It became the biggest thing again, yeah. all international. And so, uh, as '98, well, I was doing, uh, I was doing skate events all the way in the '80s, you know, uh, all the way up until then. Just every year, something. I'm head of the skate patrol and all that. And so, uh, Red Bull came out with this competition where you win thousands of dollars. And so, uh, my daughter Melanie, she was their first national champion. Wow. And uh, the next year they did it. My daughter Melanie. My daughter Tiffany beat Melanie by one point. (laughs) But there was another girl that came from indoor skating that won the whole competition. Mm -hmm. She beat Melanie by five points. And this was like a 450 points that you can score. It was really close. And my son David, he wasn't even trying. Uh, They had a spot left open uh, at the finals in Venice Beach. And so they had a skate-off. Anybody want to join the skate-off can skate for this position and he entered and he won it and so uh in the finals three little champions oh yeah dang and the finals uh out of the 20 finalists he came in seventh and like i said he just he was just there you know oh we have the family champion melanie then you have tiffany who's always trying to beat melanie yeah you know and then you have david who who knows he doesn't care (laughs) he shows up (laughs) it's 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 been great yeah it's a, it's a like, it's almost like a fairy tale in a way, where the kids grow up and they, they, they love the skating. Yeah. They love it like I love it. Yeah. My son is, uh, he got a scholarship to San Jose State, and he right now he helps he helps kids in high school, underprivileged kids, kids that would never go to college. He helps them to get the grades to make it to where he they can go to college, mm. and. Um, I really don't want him to quit his job. Yeah. I, I admire what he's doing. Yeah. What's he doing? I'm going to be like my dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he created the Golden Gate Park Friday Night Skate during the pandemic. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was rated one of uh, San Francisco's uh, number one photos of the year mm-hmm. of 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, he, uh, the events that I do, 
uh, he handles the back and Tiffany handles the front. Mm -hmm. He handles the building, uh, making sure everything is right. My daughter Tiffany handles the skate rentals, the crew, mm -hmm. and who comes. And me, I, I, I can't help but work. I know that they don't want me to, uh, but I have to sneak around to work yeah. because they want to show that they can handle it all. And I'm like, okay. Uh, but I take on a lot. Uh, I, 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 I really, I, I, I was... Like I said, it's me and Rose against the world. Yeah. Rose handles the front, I handle the back. Now the kids are doing that, even here. Two things that I want to know is, uh, when did you get this place, and then your connection with Burning Man? Oh. I know that's a big thing. Oh, Burning Man's close to my heart. Let's talk about this first. Sure. This, the Church of Eight Wheels that you see and know now. That we're recording on right now. Yeah, that we're here. This was a one-night party. That's it. It was never meant to be more than that. Yeah. Uh, it's basically a, a testament to the energy that is generated with this whole roller skating scene. I am always asking people, hey, can we have a skate party here? Hey, can we come skate in your building? The, the cell space was great. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember that. Yes, now. Over in the mission? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And the women's building, they yeah. let us have their place for once a month. Mm -hmm. And so I uh, found out about this owner. Uh, because he plays underwater hockey. And underwater so, hockey. I know, huh? Sure. But, hey, it's just as, it's to some people, it's like roller skating. Huh? Right, right, yeah, exactly. So I asked him uh, if we could have a skate party here one night. It didn't look like this, though. Right. Oh, it was a mess. Yeah. Um, first of all, I've never been in hardly many Catholic churches, and not everybody has these knee things that you kneel on. Mm -hmm. And they were all stacked up here. It was eight years of dust on the ground. Mm. Um there was no bathrooms, no water running water. Uh, we had to have portable toilets put in here. Um, but it was a great party. The people mm -hmm. came. Uh, I had a, a, see that's the trip about this Church of Eight Wheels. I took a rope light and made an eight, mm -hmm. you know. Yep, and that figure was eight. But yeah, that was in the yep. DJ booth. And so um, the owner came to make sure he wasn't burning the building up. <laughs> right. and. Um, and he says, wow, you know what? This is pretty cool. And I say, you like it? And he goes, yeah, I like this. I say, well, how about, can we do it like once a week? And this is what he always says. Well, let's try it out and see how it goes. And then, you know, we'll see. And so we started doing once a week. But I was still doing cell space and other places, uh, Redwood City Rink. And uh, I had another party here. He came by. And he says, wow, you know, this is really great. And I'm like, how about this? Can I take all this other stuff I'm doing and just combine it into here? And he says, well, let's try it out and see how it goes. <laughs> and uh, that was eight years ago. Okay. We're in our eighth year now. And awesome. it's best of the bay yeah. and everything. And yep. uh, we're not even trying. We're, we simply are. We, yeah. This is what we do. Yeah. And it leads really back to Burning Man. Okay. Because... Burning Man let let me really be me in a way that never before have I even attempted to do. Mm. You know, we're all taught to to do certain things, to act a certain way, uh, even talk certain ways. You know, we're all you know taught that from birth on. Mm -hmm. But I got to tell you, Burning Man to me is the example of the way things really should be. Mm. Yeah, I know the. Uh, uh, 
gifting thing and all that is uh, kind of not practical as far as society and all that so you're going to have to have something but I have never been to anything that matched my life mm -hmm. as Burning Man mm -hmm. because I accept you for you mm -hmm. okay you got a San Francisco Giants hat on what about those Royals yeah didn't work out in 14 did, did not work out <laughs> But the next year. who cares? Yeah, <laughs> who cares? Yep. This is, the, for Burning Man, for me, it has let me see a whole other way of how to do things, you know, how to live, how to accept people, how to, how to do what you need to do in this world. But do it on your terms mm -hmm. and do it where it doesn't hurt anybody. And it takes into consideration your point of view and your feelings, you know. It is uh, a lot of people now go to Burning Man and they want to, you know, wear their fancy clothes and lights and stuff like that. Ain't nothing wrong with that. But it's so much more to it than that. Mm. And you'll never know that without going there. Right. And even the sparkle ponies and all that get that mm -hmm. when they get there. Mm -hmm. And if you're in my camp, you're going to get that or get out. No. Oh. We do not play. Yeah. I have my own private little group called Long Riders. Mm -hmm. The Long Riders. That's who we are. <laughs> yeah. Think of us as the Hells Angels doing security at the concert. Oh, okay. Because uh, Critical Tits, uh, people, they act like they've never seen breasts before. They hit themselves mm -hmm. in the head with a hammer and go, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> and like, it's like somebody has to step up and say, hey, put your camera down. Mm -hmm. You know, hey, leave them alone. Mm -hmm. You know, just sit and enjoy it be in the moment and so uh we were asked to do this by the people who run critical tits okay and so i went to my friends and we all wear these long coats you know it's like in the western days like in, like your yeah logo. exactly yeah, yeah yeah and like uh well we did it awesome. and uh now see at first though it was all black thing because there's like five black people at burning man at that time right and i was you know i've never I love everybody, as long as you, you know, you're cool. Mm -hmm. You know, people with attitudes, they need to stay away. Mm -hmm. But I had to tell them, nah, man, we can't do it that way. You have to be inclusive to everybody. Mm -hmm. Just make it an attitude. Mm -hmm. We are the long riders, you know. We don't take no crap off of people, but, you know, we are the nicest people you're ever going to meet. And so the first guy, uh, oh, my God, I, I'm, I'm looking at his face. Oh, you have to have a long rider coat. Rose hates <laughs> sewing. She hates sewing because her mom was a seamstress in the Chinatown mm -hmm. where it's almost like slavery. Mm -hmm. And she just hated it, hated it, hated it. But um, this guy was our first person. Oh, wait a minute. Emil was the first person. Jewish guy. <laughs> he was the first non-black long rider okay. how's that okay but all that race stuff gotta go there's no place for it especially at burning man yeah and uh so and how long you been going you said I've about been 20 there years? 19 year 19 times i've been there okay but 20 times yeah you know and i will definitely be there now i respect the people that run burning man uh i know that a lot of people went through a renegade burn which is cool nothing wrong with it it's just that the people that work for burning man work very hard yeah and if you think it's easy it's not yeah uh i always say in san francisco if they like you you're in mm -hmm. all you got to do is be a decent person 
You know, treat people right. Yep. You know, and they will help you. And you know, at Burning Man, man, I've done. I, I built the floor all by myself one year. Oh wow! You know, one board at a time, and people Damn. saw me doing it. And I'm not really looking at what you're doing. I'm I'm concentrating on what I've got going on. Pretty soon, I see a band start forming. People coming by and going, "Hey, you need a mask? Hey, hydrate. You know, drink water here." And and then they started playing music. The one guy has a tuba with flames coming out of the tuba. Yes. And I'm, I'm building a ring floor. And I'm like, this is just so cool. Amazing, yeah. And the, the, they didn't know who I was. They mm -hmm. cared about me. You know, they, they, I want that for everybody. And at the burn, uh, you know, my kids, you, you, see, you look on my, um, my Facebook and you'll see me and my, my son, my daughter. This is how Burning Man is. Mm. Um, my son's been six times. My daughter's been five times. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've been 19 times. And, like, I'm, I'm already setting them up to take over all of that, to carry it on. Mm -hmm. And not just, I mean, if you saw what we did in uh, Oakland with the rolling, mm -hmm. uh, I want to do that same with my camp. Mm -hmm. We started off, I mean, the roller disco started off, uh, I didn't create it. I went because of it. Okay. Uh, my friends, Benny, the Funhouse, these guys, uh, L, uh, L Wire, uh, they are the ones who basically brought L Wire uh, to the playa okay. uh, in a big way. Uh, the other people might have done something, but uh, they had these fish on their heads. And so uh, I remember hearing, and people have been telling me about it even in the 90s. T, you got to go to Burning Man. This is just for you, Burning Man. And I'm like, oh, you mean the hippies out there in the <laughs> desert? Nah, I had my hippie days. I'm a family man now. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I can't be going out there uh, naked and all that because that's <laughs> what everybody thinks. Mm -hmm. And so it was a big storm or something. It was really cold. and They all got stuck out there. And we in the park going, ah, look at those Burning Man guys. <laughs> and um, then my friend uh, Benny, uh, uh, Paul Sichel, um, oh, all the all the guys from the Funhouse, um, they created Roller Disco, and so here it is, New Year's Eve. I'm down in the Embarcadero, and I got thousands of people. We're playing music. I'm on the mic. We're rocking the crowd, and all of a sudden, here they come skating up with the playa fish on their heads, and they go, "D, you gotta go to Burning Man with us now. We got a Roller Disco." And I'm like, "What? Uh, they let you skate out there?" Huh. Okay, I'll go check it out. <laughs> I have never missed another burn since, since then. Yep. I've never missed it since. I love Burning Man. Uh, I'll be there. I'll be there. We're already planning uh, for 2022. It will happen. Uh, come by the Roller Disco. Uh, we'll have a, we'll have the best rink ever. Awesome. Even better than the Tron when I did with the Recognizer. Ooh, that sounds fun. David, um, can we end with? Our theme on, on our show this season is we're still here. Speaking to the changes of the last decade in the city, speaking to the pandemic, speaking to all everything that's happened, the people who've left, the people who've been forced to leave, the fact that there's a lot of us that are still here and, and trying to kind of re-envision the city or or just trying to survive. What does that, what does that mean to you? We're well, still I'll here. I'll tell you really... Um a lot of the energy that makes San Francisco special has been leaving. And it's a very bad thing. You know, the thing that lets you go out to the park and feel free to, 
do just about anything. The uh, the events that happen that we're all a part of, that we we build things for, that we share with our friends, uh, even events like Halloween and the Castro, and um, you know everything. But we are still here. We still do these things. You know, the Friday Night Skate uh, starts in the Embarcadero. It was the precursor to Critical Mass. And, you know, people think the critical mass has stopped. Uh, but the skaters still skate. The people still ride. It's with a difference. You know, um, I miss my friends that first they moved to Oakland, then they move. You know, it's, it's, it's really sad. Uh, a one-bedroom apartment for 2500 a month, you know. If you're lucky. If you're lucky, right. Yeah. Um, but then some of us managed ways to stay here. You know, we could be in some other place and it'd be better, but we choose to stay here. We choose it for a reason. We want it to continue. We want this vibrant, special, unique San Francisco spirit to always be alive. And there's people out there doing it. I mean, there's people out there making it happen. It's just that you can't stop. You must always, you know, push that. It's what separates us from the rest of the nation. The rest of the world, when you get down to the nitty-gritty, um, San Francisco's always been like that. And you have people that want to come here. They want to change it. They want to shape it into something that they're familiar with. And if it was that cool, why aren't they there? Well, why why they come here? This city has embraced me in ways that I would have never imagined. Um, I get to do things. Imagine, I go to City Hall with my skates on. Um, I'll skate backwards down the stairs while people are getting married, you know, and the cops aren't coming to get me. You know, I, I have an issue uh, with a uh, police department. I got police officers on my skate patrol, <laughs> you know. <laughs> we, we have, I love it when the city leads. We don't have to follow and do what others do because we are the people doing the things that you want to see happen. Uh, you know, people should support that and people should recognize that. Um, when you see, I mean, even everything's controversial here. You know, there's always, you know, three sides to every story, one <laughs> side, the other side, and the real deal, mm-hmm. you know. And, you know, some people are always going to be at each other's throats, as always. The museums will always hate the park closure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the uh, drivers are always going to hate the cyclists. The cyclists are always going to hate the drivers. But in, in my world of roller skating, all these things intersect. Mm-hmm. Uh, it intersects with uh, the people that run the city, people that run the Recreation Parks Department. See, I think that every city should have a roller skating area like they have in Golden Gate Park, just like you have a tennis court, swimming pool, and all that. Yeah. And you have people around the country that are doing fundraisers to pay for it. No, 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 no. You already pay the taxes, taxes for all that. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you, need to, you need to get in and do that. Um, and Burning Man... It's a part of San Francisco. Mm -hmm. You see Burning Man art and things everywhere. So maintaining that which makes us special, that which makes us happy, that which makes San Francisco such a great place for people to want to live. That's why it costs so much. We do these things. We have this. It it must continue. And the only way that's going to happen is that the people who are involved in that get to stay here. And that's like with Pier 70, uh, with other different projects that's going around. These are the things that they're doing. And I endorse all that stuff. I, I am often asked about 
uh, issues that affect people when they're voting and stuff like that. Um, here at the Church of Eight Wheels, um, yeah, we're roller skating now, but this was to be, used to be the place where the Black Panthers gave out free food to the people in the neighborhood. Right. Um, this is the place where people that have been running for supervisors and offices launch their campaigns. Yep. And so um, I interact with them. I am not, like I said, I'm not a hero worshiper, but if I need to get the job done and if I feel like uh, there's something that needs to be addressed or something like that, uh, I am in a position to be able to do that to either... Um, satisfy something that I'm doing or to help others that feel like they can't and this is something that I've always been about this is something that Burning Man has helped to get me to understand more about my responsibility to others mm -hmm. and um, as long as I can continue doing it this is where I'm, I'm going to be this is what I'm going to do and I'm the luckiest person who never won a lottery because if I did win a lottery, I'd buy an old church or something, maybe turn it into a roller rink, you know, and have a funky good time. That was David Miles Jr. On the next Storied San Francisco, meet San Francisco Poet Laureate Emerita, Kim Shuck. Episode 32 drops next Tuesday wherever you listen to podcasts. Music for the podcast was produced, performed, and curated by Otis McDonald. Original photography is by Michelle Kilfeather. Aaron Lim of Bitch Talk Podcast is our contributing producer. And the show is produced and hosted by me, Jeff Hunt. Now in our fourth season, we have more than 160 episodes available on our website storiedsf.com or wherever you listen to podcasts if you can please rate and review our show so we can reach even more folks we love email drop us a line at storiedsf at gmail.com thanks for listening stay strong stay healthy keep dreaming and we'll see you next time on storied san francisco member of the BFF.fm podcast network. Learn more at podcast.bff.fm. BFF.fm, best frequencies forever.